morning, and welcome to the Redeemer's Refuge radio broadcast, brought to you by Redeemer Lutheran Church, One Deer Walk Lane in Charleston, a member congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Redeemer Lutheran Church, help, hope, and home in the body of Christ. The psalmist writes, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 46.1, this speaks to the hope God gives us amid the struggles of life. When life storms blow around us, our Redeemer, Jesus, gives refuge in the mighty fortress of our God. We pray this broadcast will remind you of that beautiful truth today. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord, our King, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, you have given exceedingly great and precious promises to those who trust in you. Grant us so firmly to believe in your Son, Jesus, that our faith may never be found wanting. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our reading for this 25th Sunday after Pentecost is from 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. I'd like you to recall a time when you met someone who smiled at you pleasingly, who looked you in the eyes and was very pleasant, and perhaps who was helpful to you. Wasn't that attractive? I mean, doesn't someone's actions like that towards you draw you in and spark a desire in you to smile back and be pleasant in return? Encounters like that can change your whole day and how you may then go about approaching others. Those of you who are married may have experienced something like that, especially when you first met, right? Isn't it interesting how someone's loving actions toward us can spark a similar action in us toward them and others. Well, this morning's message is about our next stewardship principle. God's stewards are loved and loving. And what this means is that God's stewards recognize that their stewardship flows out of God's act of love for them in Christ, which empowers them in turn to love others in acts of Christ-like love. We may not always be consciously aware of it, but you and I, we, are here today because of God's love. God loves us and all people, including those in our own neighborhoods. You spend time talking to one another, caring for one another, and praying for one another because of God's love. Now, Adam and Eve didn't ask to be created and given life. Rather, God, out of his love, created them and gave them life. In the same way, you and I didn't ask to be born, nor have we done anything to deserve life and all the things we have. But we're here, and we're blessed with all we have because God 
loves us. And in our Old Testament reading for this morning, out of Deuteronomy chapter 7, we heard God say to Israel, It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, the Apostle John wrote, We love because he first loved us. God created us to be loved and in turn to love. He's the one who took the first step in our faith relationship. Not only in love did God create us, but after Adam and Eve's free choice to do an unloving thing, that is, to disobey him, breaking faith with him, which plunged them and all mankind into sin and estrangement from our loving God, making them and all their descendants enemies of God, he, in love, first responded by promising the coming of the woman's offspring, who, through the giving of his own life, would pay for all our sin. Thus, he would defeat death and the devil who claimed us and so influences us. And that's exactly what Jesus did, giving his life on the cross to free us from sin, death, and the devil. Our ability to love God and to love others then is truly and only possible because he first loved us. Now, in the fifth chapter of 2 Corinthians, Paul writes this, For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. This love that God has for us is called agape love. And it's for us. It's unconditional. It's intentional. Even though we continually offend him by our sins of thought, word, and deed. Consider how you react if anyone disrespects you, deliberately goes against your will, ignores you, offends you and your sensibilities, and is even destructive of the things you worked hard to establish or build. And then he continues to do such things even though he knows they're totally offensive to you. Odds are, you wouldn't love that person or have anything to do with him. Yet, in the face of our sin, God intentionally loves us. Now that, beloved, is amazing love. For God doesn't love you if, or when, or as long as, simply put, in Christ, he loves you. And I'm saddened to say that there are lots of people who think and believe they are only worthwhile, valuable, or lovable as long as they can contribute to others. Or they measure their worth based on the degree that they, can, that they can contribute. But that's a lie, fostered by our adversary, the devil. For each of you and all of us are fully valuable always, no matter what your age is how able-bodied you are, how mentally competent you are, or how much your capacity to contribute is. And that's the truth. Why? Because God created you out of his love 
which is an unconditional love. He then went all the way for you and died for you, even though you are a sinner. As the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 5, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Wow, what a profound love God has for you. This is what we hear in our epistle lesson for this morning. By this we know love, that Jesus laid down his life for us. John then goes on to encourage us to take the love with which God loves us and do likewise, not loving others by only words or tongue, but by laying down our lives for our brothers and sisters. That is, by loving them in actions and in truth. He then gives an example. He says, If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Beloved in Christ, the impetus or power behind our stewardship or our managing all of life and life's resources for God's purpose is God's love. Jesus says this in John chapter 13. As I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And in our gospel, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And he goes on, he says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. As God's stewards, by virtue of his love, which he's given us through faith in Jesus, Created by means of his word and baptism, we are to apply that love through all the activities in our lives, in whatever is your particular vocation, wherever we come in contact with other people and their needs. And you know, there are many and varied ways we can apply ourselves as stewards, that is, as people of love. This church, Redeemer, has real needs, and its support comes from no one other than you. Your family has real needs. So do your friends, and there are lots of needs in the community and elsewhere. God leads us to do all we can for each of these, expressing his love that's in us. Sometimes, as the needs of the church press on us or other needs that are begging to be addressed elsewhere come to our attention, we can be tempted to use guilt as a motivation for giving. Maybe you've heard it. Oh, come on, God's been so good to you. How can you be so ungrateful with your pathetic offerings? Or how can you give so little when there are people out there starving to death? And then sometimes, too, we look for an easy way out. Oh, fundraisers. We'll raise what we need in a way that doesn't really cost us anything. And we know all the, these approaches can work. They aren't for God's stewards. For such methods encourage us to give of ourselves for reasons other than the love of God in Christ. And when we give into such ways, we're falling into the ways of the world, which are not God's ways. Now, most of you here at Redeemer budget for and therefore regularly bring offerings to put in the plate each week. And I imagine all sorts of thoughts have crossed your minds when you write your check or consider putting your cash into your envelope or straight into the plate. Me too. And such activities can sometimes take on the feeling of a mundane chore or a less than joyful obligation. Beloved, please know that such thoughts and influences are not of God, but are rather from your flesh and Satan. For among the things in life that bring you joy, 
giving of yourself and giving of what God has given you should be a top one. As scripture says, God loves a cheerful giver, especially when you give sacrificially to God's mission and ministry, even here at Redeemer, for that is the love of God in you, flowing out in love, which are actions that benefit another. Now, we as a fellowship of Christians whom the Lord has gathered here in this place, we are an outpost in this patch of Satan's domain, as the Bible calls him the prince of this world. And it's through the generous and joyous gifts of your love that God's gospel message is proclaimed and administered here for all the community. Let us then be encouraged by God's love for you and me in Christ. And as Jesus calls us light and salt in this world, shining his truth, preserving his truth, and giving of ourselves that others would see the love of Christ in us, and in encountering Christ who lives in us, they would taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Let us pray. God of glory, touch our lips with the fire of your Spirit, that we with all creation may rejoice to sing your praise. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for giving us a brief moment of your day. Our prayer and hope is that the message of the good news of Jesus Christ will have a positive impact for you as we at Redeemer Lutheran Church endeavor to be help, hope, and home in the body of Christ for all whom we meet. We invite you to come and receive the Lord's blessing through word and sacrament as we gather on Sunday mornings at 1045 for our worship service. We're located at 1 Deer Walk Lane, just off the Paula Road exit on Corridor G. You can find us on the web at RedeemerWV.org and on Facebook at Redeemer Lutheran Church WV. Thank you, and may God bless your day.